This instalment of the podcast was recorded on the 24th of April, 2016. The VGU podcast is brought to you by VideoGamesUncovered.com, your number one stop shop for video game related news, reviews, opinionated articles, and much more. That's VideoGamesUncovered.com. Hello and welcome to the VGU Podcast. I'm Dom and joining me is... Ian. Sam? Maybe Will. <laughs> I love how Sam is just like, Sam? Yeah, yeah like, that was, that was a question. Am I, Sam? Uh, am I, am I coming in now? Is, is it my He's turn? asking those big existential questions. Yeah. Uh, yes, welcome to the VGU Podcast. If you're new to the show, well, we're just here. We talk about video games. And, well, gamey-related stuff. So to start off this week, like we did last, Ian, what have you been playing? Oh, man, so on the Xbox it has been beta week. Like, it's just all betas all the time at the moment. So we had Doom, Battleborn, Halo added firefight mode and they ran a beta for that. And then the Gears 4 beta is running now. Uh, so, quick rundown, Doom. Not very good. Yeah, I've heard all of the stuff I've heard about Doom have been people panning it for being it's super slow and completely unnecessary. It, all of the weapons, they, it's like they challenge themselves to make the least satisfying version of every gun possible. Is everything just? Yeah, I heard the rocket launcher was truly awful. It's like a shotgun you can actually put up somebody's ass and pull the trigger and they don't die. It's Let's called, go, ooh, that ticket. Yeah, it's called a super shotgun. I expect <laughs> people to go away when exactly. I shoot them with it. You just want dust and red mist You want the bullet storm yeah. four-barrel shotgun. Yeah, uh. and then, like, the rocket launcher takes two direct hits to kill someone. That's not a rocket launcher. Uh, we've seen more powerful weapons in worms when you just poke someone. Yeah, it's oh, it's just disappointing. And then, and isn't the demon <laughs> in it really super-powered? Ridiculously overpowered, to the point where... You kind of just faff around the map, waiting for that to spawn, and then leg it to it and hope. Um, and it just reminds me of uh, Battlefront when you're just waiting for the TIE Interceptor to spawn. Everybody's like, come yeah, on, come on, much. come on, let's run! Uh, so that's not great. And the maps were okay, actually. That was probably the best thing. Um, but very generic looking. And it's hard to... It's kind of unfair to bully Doom for looking generic, because... Doom did that look first, and everyone stole it. But just because you invented the wheel stolen. doesn't mean yeah. you can coast on that for the rest of your life. Yeah, like it's, it just looks a little dull. Um, also, weirdly, the controller mapping is just bizarre. Like, I think it was right bumper to switch weapon. I'm like, it's what? Yeah. Not usually like Y or triangle. <laughs> yeah. Back in the days when it was X to fire. Yeah, it's it's just some of the decisions are odd. So, Isn't it being developed by, like, old Halo 4 multiplayer it's, guys? It's being made by... Oh, I cannot remember the name of the studio, but it's one of the teams that does, like, maps for Halo normally. Um, right, oh, okay. And to be... Cert- certain Affinity. Certain Affinity, there we go. And they, they they make good maps. They're a good studio. It's just... <sighs> I, I think the direction they were given was not great. Um, I'm still hopeful for the campaign, but... The beta's made me realise multiplayer, I'm not going to be touching that, really. Yeah. Um, 
So after that, I played everybody at VGU's favorite game, Battleborn. Oh, Battleborn. Yeah. yeah. We have to say. More like Battleborn. Am I right? Uh, hey. Oh, good one. I w- Ten I points to Willem. I usually go with Shattleborn. <laughs> or Twattleborn. Yeah. <laughs> Twattleborn, yes. With all that said, not as terrible as I was expecting it to be. Uh, not going to buy it, don't get me wrong. But, like, I could see the potential for some fun there. Um, Answer me this question once and for all. Is it a MOBA or is it not a MOBA? Uh, it's not a MOBA, but it borrows extremely heavily. Right, okay. Um, it, imagine if you took the game, take the gameplay mechanics from a MOBA and then put them into uh, a linear level setup. So right. you start somewhere, you're trying to get to the end of the level, you go through, there'll be sections where you've got to fight waves and sections where you've got to blow through a door and there'll be bosses. Um, but it's a MOBA in that you essentially might as well just glue the trigger for your primary attack down. Hang um, on, I thought it was a straight up just team deathmatch shooter. No, no, no. It's a, it's a co-op. There is a there is a PvP mode, but it's a co-op focused thing. Um, but, you know, like your primary attack is utterly piss poor um, and then you've got all your abilities. Uh, I only I tried out a couple of characters. The, the one I tried out the most was uh, Micah, which is like a a mushroom person who's got like you know those Vietnamese hats. It's one of oh, them. Oh, yeah. Instead the, of it being a hat, paddy hat, yeah. Instead of it being a hat, it's a mushroom, and they're kind of like a, they throw like kunai as their weapon, and then all of their abilities are to do with poisoning and like their super throws a big mushroom down. It was okay. It was, it it played like a mover in that you've got all your different characters you can play as. They've got set abilities and a basic attack. They've got recharges on all the abilities. All the enemies just, you know, there's hundreds of them and you chip away at them. Um, so at this point, would you recommend Smite over it? It, it reminded me a lot of Smite, weirdly. Um, it did, but it's, it's still a very different game. It's kind of like mixing that sort of Left 4 Dead style co-op with a MOBA. Hmm. Um, and it was okay. The problem is, it like Borderlands, it hinges on humour. Um, oh, and I hate gearbox humour. It just yeah, isn't funny. So this, it was very hit and miss. There was essentially two characters. There's the main AI thing in this first level that you were trying to kill, and he was the most horrendously unfunny knobhead I've ever experienced in a video game. Was it loads of just like we're gonna just use a reference and memes and ha ha ha? It was a mix of it. He was supposed to be like a sort of eccentric, crazy AI, and it was it was kind of just pushing that you know that sort of Wheatley thing. Also, oh, discount yeah. guilty spark. Yeah, basically. but nowhere no. near as funny. Um, but then there was a robot spider tank that thought he was an actual spider, and he was fucking hilarious. Yeah, that that's the gearbox funny, way. Yeah. They throw enough humour yeah. at the wall that something will eventually stick. Something's going to stick eventually. Yeah. Yeah. But then all of the support characters were horrendously unfunny as well. Basically, everyone except the robot spider dude was just unfunny, rubbish humour. Um, so, not much hope for it on that front. Uh, but not as rubbish as I thought it was gonna. Not as rubbish as it looks. Not as good as not good There's enough hope. to buy. You know. So fifteen quid when it's eventually on sale in the next summer sale this or even generation this summer sale. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably fair. Um, I mean, we'll see. It might be really popular. I might be wrong. 
but I I rarely am. So <laughs> I don't um, know. We'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, uh, t- but, uh, I'm should not we wrong move on that. to Will? Uh, well, I got I got more betas to cover. Oh, never mind. Uh so All the betas. The, well, there's one beta I haven't played, but uh, the the good beta I played of the week was the Halo Five Fi beta, which was Ooh. phenomenal good fun. Um, so for people who don't play Halo, Firefight is essentially horde mode. Um, it was introduced in ODST, and it's the old Firefight was just horde mode. You get plonked in the middle of a map, waves of dudes come at you. Um, the new one is based on the big Warzone maps. Uh, it's eight players instead of the usual four. And it's um, sort of a collection of five five-minute rounds, um, and the rounds are different so like the first round will be kill 75 crawlers uh, and the eight of you just go out there and you know twat them um, and then there'll be progressively harder rounds that vary so it'll be like a wave of covenant banshees and then the final wave will be like three wardens that you've got to kill or whatever uh, and you can bring in all your wrecks that you can earn in the main game and it's really good fun it's the right level of difficulty where you can fail, because this thing, you put eight people in a, a map, you, you think it's going to be a walk in the park. Um, and it's not. It is failable. So that's good. Um, and it gives you an opportunity to use some of your rarer, like, rec cards, without feeling like you're going to run into some Halo pro around the corner who's going to kill you and steal it. Yeah, like you, can, good. you can pull in your expensive tank and have a laugh with it taking out AI and not have to worry about getting annihilated by snipe down around the corner. So I had a lot how, of fun How with smoothly that. did it run with eight players, by the way? Perfect. I had like a couple Beautiful. of... I think I had kicked out of a game once um, with like a server issue. Um, but the actual in-the-game play, it ran fine. Didn't have any issues there. Um, That's great. But it's it's just what Halo's missed, because Halo's really punishing, and, like, everyone talks about why Halo's dropped in popularity, but, I mean, the number one reason is it's fucking hard, and people can just play Call of Duty or Destiny now, and yeah. people get that easy fix. They're not going to want to go and get good playing Halo. Um, mm. And I I play a lot of Halo, but I get frustrated, so just having a mode where you can go chill and not have to worry about getting your ass kicked by ridiculous people it's just nice uh, so looking forward to that it was only one map in the beta but I'm really looking forward to when that properly comes out will it have forge support when it comes out it'll be will it have what support forge support uh, no because warzone you can't forge warzone maps at the moment it's something they might add later down the line they've been yappering about it for a while um, but warzone maps are enormous compared to normal maps and like the object limits get a bit funny because the only reason why i asked that is because of um very recently there was this video that was going around of this person in forge who was able to create a dark Souls style boss battle oh where one yeah. player is inside this the robot that fights four other dudes on the outside with rocket launchers yeah you can make uh you can make like because of the way you can link things together now you can build 
machines basically in Forge. Uh, so like, I've seen people build a working pelican, and they do it by essentially just jamming a banshee into the middle of the arc, like the the structure of it. And then you get in the banshee, but then you fly this whole thing that's stuck on the outside, basically a shell. Still, never understood why they didn't make pelican to flyable vehicle. It's it's one of those things where everybody wants it, but in reality, they'd be pretty useless. Yeah, because I doubt a drop ship in a like a Slayer mode would be any like if it, they were going to do like a battlefield style yeah. one, it would work. Um, even in Warzone, like there's just not much. It's a shame because they are really cool, um, but it's kind of just a bit big scaled to be usable in the sort of Halo sandbox. But yeah, that was really fun. Um, looking forward to that coming properly, which is in the next month's update, I think, in May. Um, and then the last beta, which I haven't played, because I didn't get into the early thing, is Gears 4. Uh, which, the actual, it's an open beta as of tomorrow, so next podcast, I'll tell you about that one. How long is the beta for? Uh, it's long, it's like two weeks from tomorrow, and it's been running for a week already, or something like that. I know the response to it has been fairly positive so far. I know a good mate of mine actually is on an esports team for Gears, and he says the new changes to like the mantling mechanics, so like you can grab people over the top and you can counter them by like counter stabbing them and everything's because just because, and it's just a lot quicker. He says it's a lot quicker, and there's a lot more not of oh we're all going to get in cover and just turtle and see who's going to come and two you know two piece me with the shotgun and the melee yeah. now because you. You can just grab people over ledges. It actually becomes I've got to move around a lot more, which is good because whenever you watch Gears at a high level or just try to play Gears, it always came to a point where everybody was just hiding behind single walls, moving around, waiting until somebody was out of position. So hopefully the new one will be quite good. Yeah, there's a I've new, always liked Gears. There's a new weapon which everybody's in love with. Um, Isn't it the drop shot? The drop shot, like yeah. That. So it's like a reverse digger. It, you fire it up in the air and it just goes over the top and then when you pull the trigger again it, it's a drill with an explosive attached to it and it drills straight down and like if you land it on someone it just drills through their head and then blows them up <laughs> oh gears never change I've seen some really like disgusting shots people have made with it where like they've they've had the drop shot and they've realised like another weapon spawning on the other side of the map and they've just can't even see the guys but they've just launched this thing over and got the triple kill as, like, three of the enemy team try and grab the talk bar or whatever. So it's going to be the host of a lot of, like, badass kill yeah. montages. Um, but, no, it looks good. It looks like they've they've played it relatively safe, but improved. You know, they've just taken a couple of things and added them. So, like Sam said, it's a lot faster. You can uh, you can vault cover without getting into cover first. You just run at it and yeah. straight over. I know they did learn a lot of lessons from the Ultimate Edition as well. When you're hosting like custom games, there's like no host mute, not host boosting. Yeah. And you can actually set the position of where you spawn, so you can have your friends like, okay, he'll always go first to run and get the sniper, so I can actually place him at the first spawn. So I think it should be quite fun. Again, if I ever do get a bone, the one of the first things I'm going to get is Gears Four. Yeah, yeah. So, but that's it. I'm Arbedus. It's, hey. it's me done. Will, what have you been playing? Oh, that depends. Do you want the AAA or the indie answer? Ooh. Both. Why not? All right, let's go I'm AAA first. I got the Ratchet and Clank remake. Oh, hey. jealous times. Mine's I, I still haven't got it. I need to get it. Well, I think yeah. we're a good week behind the American release, which was last week. Oh, yeah. And 
you know, got it on Friday. Yeah. Yeah, Friday. It sucked on Friday because I I pre-ordered mine and I got a email from Amazon saying this is your code and I was thinking what they sent me a digital version? No, it's just the pre-order bouncer DLC. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Anyway, um, for a remake, they kind of played it safe. I know that sounds a bit stupid, but it's when they the way they advertise it was it's a remake, but we've actually remade literally everything, and they have. But they haven't changed anything apart from the way the guns upgrade. So you're playing it and you go, yep, this is pretty much how I remember everything. It's all shiny, it's all pretty, except these aren't the same guns. They don't work the same way. That's good. But you can really see where it's aged quite badly. Like, there's a character whose whole shtick is he says dude a lot. (laughs) Yeah, and his name's Skid McMarks. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she's like, hey, dude, it's totally rad. Isn't this awesome? And you're like, oh, Whoa, fuck man. me. Tubular idea, bro. Radical. <laughs> it, it kind of flips it on his head, so it knows full well that it's the game of the film of the game, and you get that kind of 90s game film adaptation thing where they kind of insert clips from the film, and you go, all right. Yeah, I don't have much hope for the film now either. Yeah. I don't. It looks great. It's the first game I'm genuinely sat there like. It is a good game, but if you've played the original, you might as well just go get the HD collection, because then you at least get two other really good games along with it. Agreed. Oh, I'm getting a PS4 later this year, and that is number one on my list. if If I can only afford to get it and one game, that's it. Well, the good thing about it is they it's at a slightly reduced price, so it's only thirty pounds. Yeah, that was another. I, it's weird because and you and you can get it cheaper if online. I've seen it go for like twenty five quid. Yeah. other yeah. places. I, I think it's sensible for twenty three in the end. Yeah, I I think it's definitely sensible. I just it's a shame that it's sensible. Like that kind of game should be able to command full price. I think the, like, it, it's not it, like it was less work. It, no, th- but there are better Ratchet and Clank games. Yeah. yeah, and it and it's one that, that Sony didn't seem that confident on. Like they only really started to market it like the week before. I think they've kind of let it coast by itself until the films come out, where they've kind of pushed it. Sony mainly because I, go, yeah. mainly because I think they didn't want to cut into Uncharted's limelight since that's in two weeks. That's or so. the thing I was going to say. Have Sony been confident about any of their first party except that's true. Uncharted. Uncharted? They've not really gone to town promoting anything. Well, they haven't really been pushing Ratchet and Clank since PS2 that heavily, because the Futures trilogy on the PS3 wasn't a huge thing for them. Even though Insomniac are a consistently solid studio, depending on your opinion of Sunset Overdrive. Sunset Overdrive's amazing. Like, that's that's a great game. I mean, they they did do Fuse. Let's not forget they did Fuse. Yeah, Fuse is the big blot on their track record. Yeah, but that was the big spectre of EA, because if you go back to that original trailer, it looked fantastic, even though it didn't show any gameplay. But it showed charm and promise, and then EA... It looked Overwatch-esque to start off with. Yeah. And then EA go, no, let's make it a completely straight-laced team-based shooter and ruin everything. Presumably. Well, I mean, that is kind of EA's thing. Although EA have been getting better over the last couple of years. So. I mean, they've they've released Plants vs Zombies: Garden Warfare, so they're kind of they're, they're easing up a little bit on the gritty gritty shooter. Yeah, at least they're not Ubisoft. 
Yeah, <laughs> U- Ubisoft, it's their turn on the Wheel of Fortune to be the company we all throw bricks at. Yep. Yeah. First it was Activision, then it was EA, now it's Ubisoft. I, th- I am making a prediction. I'm making a prediction. Oh, I think God. Ubisoft are... Next year will be Ubisoft's, like what EA did a couple of years ago. They'll start to turn it around, and then 2K will take their place. Okay, so now that you've made this, which European country is on the list? I I don't think I need to, like... <laughs> I don't know, I'd like to think that the failure of Evolve has taught 2K a little bit of humility. Yeah, I think they've had an ass whooping off that, that they're not going to make such a risk again. And the I... slight failure that was Civilization Beyond Earth. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Like, I can see 2K getting a bit arse. The other company is Square Enix, actually. Square could get very twatty. No, for me, it's Namco. Namco's been secretly being evil under the radar. They, they have like, been. All of these like they ran, the mar- companies are, though. They yeah. just get away with it because they're not as big. Yeah. The Dark Souls marketing was absolutely horrendous. But was it as yeah, bad as the- augment your pre-order? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I think with the t- combination of random wing challenges, giving it out to every streamer who had a pulse, then refusing to release it early when it was obvious it was ready, then the terrible, oh, we've got a great new announcement, it's terribly designed t-shirts <laughs> that we ripped off from Threadless. Oh, yeah. And just everything about the marketing for Dark Souls 3 is completely contrary to what Dark Souls 3 is like as a game, but I'll talk about that in a bit, but yeah, would Namco you, Bandai, I shake my fist at them. Would you say that their marketing needs to get good? It does need to get good. <laughs> uh, thank you, I'm here all week. Thank you. Okay, I've had my bad pun, Ian's had his bad pun, who's next? It'll probably be me, so I'll have to get my pun in somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, bringing it back down from the big publishers... Yeah, it's your My indie choice. Indie game has been Banner Saga 2. Well, hey. I, I wasn't sure how to go into it because I loved the first Banner Saga back when it came out and I think it was early 2014. One of my games of the year. And so when they announced the sequel, I was like, uh, yeah, alright, hopefully it's not going to be complete bollocks. Nope. Actually ended up being pretty fucking amazing for me. Uh, well, I mean, I... I've still, man, I, this is the longest transcribing known to man. I'm nearly done. This interview I did with, um, Arnie and John Watson. Arnie Jorgensen and John Watson. Um, the two, or two of the main guys on it. Like, you can tell they're super passionate about the game. Um, yeah, cause the first one had the small problem where it, it had a good framework around it, but they didn't quite have the ideas to fill out that framework. This feels like they fully realized what they wanted to do. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm super looking forward to it. I'm still playing through the first one, like just, just plodding through. It's oh man, it, it is a bleak game. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> don't yeah. go in that looking for a happy time. <laughs> no. Uh... My question really is to both Ian and to Will: If somebody who completely missed out on Banner Saga one, can I jump in at two, or should I? Go I the first you one? can, but I wouldn't suggest it. I'd suggest playing right. the first one because yeah. there's a rather semi-major choice at the end of the first one that yep. really helps drive the plot home in the second one. Okay. And yeah, you won't have any of the impact of yeah. that choice. Also, it carries on the difficulty curve of the first one, so if you jump into the second one going, I can play X-Kong, I'm good at tactics, it will thoroughly get spanked. Yeah, it yeah. will enjoy taking a massive dump on dump your head. Yeah, your <laughs> I was trying to find a slightly yeah, better way of saying that. Gonna drop trowel and 
lay yeah. out a Cleveland steamer on you. Yeah, it's pretty Damn. much. Damn. Yeah, uh, pretty pretty good. And I, the problem is, I'm not sure where they can go with the third one because it's a planned trilogy. Spice. <laughs> yep. Spice. No, it's more. I think anything they add on top of it might tip it over. Yeah, it is the well, right level of complicated right now. We'll see. I give it another I've, two years. They got a good track record so far. Two games, two good games. Good job. Two good games. Nicely done. I've been playing Dark Souls Three, the darkest one, Yay. pretty much for the past two weeks, oh. and I am really enjoying it. The starting to play. I mean, I've written my review. Of it. I gave it a nine in the end. I was possibly giving an eight, but then I played some of the online stuff, and it kind of really pushed me over to giving it a nine. It feels like the Dark Souls Two that Miyazaki wanted to make, but then he said, "Oh, I'm going to make Bloodborne instead," and get, like it feels like if. They didn't have to do Dark Souls 2. This would have just been straight at the end of the trilogy. They would have done Dark, this Dark, Dark Souls 3 is Dark Souls 2, and they would have completely moved on. Because so many assets are ported over. The story is pretty much a direct follow-up. There are so many links which link straight over from Dark Souls 1 and completely miss out Dark Souls 2. Yeah. It's the most, yeah, it's the most accessible one. So if I was saying to anybody, hey, I want to start the Soul series, where do I go? Start I'd say with start three. with 3 first. And then go back to one, and then miss two because I think two is really bad. Well, that is my plan. Yeah. I, I would I definitely agree. Yeah. I have two questions for you then, Sam. Yes. First one: What changed you around on that? Because I saw on Twitter you weren't feeling it originally, were you? I I wasn't feeling it originally because the first ten fifteen hours feels like baby's first Dark Souls, and I don't mean that in like a oh people need to get good. It's very much. We're going to put the training wheels on. It's going to be all very linear and we're all going to march you down this corridor and you're going to fight the boss and then move on to the next area. It comes to, there is a, a difficulty sheer cliff that comes about 10 hours in where the game opens up a lot. There are a lot of interesting kind of lore nods and also some really cool kind of tidbits there for Dark Souls fans. And then you can also get into the like the real meat of PvP. And I was like, okay, you're winning me over now. Yeah. And then probably the final three boss battles are by far the best three in the series so far. I will so agree. <laughs> like, yeah. I will definitely say those three boss battles makes... The, like it makes Dark Souls One's final boss look like a complete joke, which it was. Yeah. The <laughs> final the boss is by far the best one of the whole Definitely. series. Both, both from uh, this is a really good fight, and it does something really clever, which will make Dark Souls One fans cry a little bit yeah. when it happens. It's... it's very good. It's very, very good. I still think that. Dark Souls 1 is my favourite, and then it's Bloodborne a close second, but this is Dark Souls 3 is so nearly there, so nearly yeah. there to being the top of the franchise, but it just makes so many little mistakes in terms of just being a bit too safe in what it does. When it when it is allowed to do the crazy one-on-one boss fights, which Souls is best at, it's fantastic. But when it's too busy trying to just, okay, we're going to do this because Dark Souls 1 did it, or we're going to do this because Dark Souls 2 did it, it feels stale. And it feels like Miyazaki's going, right, we've got to do this because it's in our contract. But no, still a fantastic RPG. Factors into my second question, which was, as someone who was bored of the Souls series, I I loved one, I played Demon Souls, like Bloodborne, played the second one. Uh, Does this do anything that would bring me back? Mm, it's very 
it depends. If you want to see the end of the trilogy, if you're on the law train and you want to get some kind of resolution, I would get it. It does some really interesting PvP things. The Mound Maker Covenant is the star of the show. Definitely. It allow it allows you to ride the line between a partner and an invader because you can kill you can kill uh not NPCs, you can kill uh enemies but also kill the host. So you can choose to help them out and then when they're in a tough bit you can come in and draw the knife in <laughs> or you can continue to help them out help them out in any other situation and just leech as much souls as possible off them and then just leave and let them fight the boss themselves. Pretty much. And it's and the new PvP changes where there are certain areas where you can create massive like six man fight clubs where using the dried finger item yeah. you can let loads of people in. But I think if you weren't won over by two and you're starting to kind of run out of steam with the series, I don't think 3 is going to kind of reignite the fire. It won't link the flame, but if you want it, if you want it in, if you want it in probably six months when it's a bit cheaper and the first DLC comes out, I think that'd be the best time to get Wait it if you're still not. Scholar of the First Sin Edition. Yeah, for the Scholar of the First Sin Edition and the first DLC which comes out in October, I think that'd be the best time to get it if you're a bit on the fence. That'd be nice. And yeah, Sweet. Uh, Bloodborne is still my favourite so far des- of uh, the recent ones. Where you described it, like you said, the first fifteen hours are really linear, but then it gets good. I'm just sitting there remembering all the uh, Final Fantasy thirteen. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. yeah, it's still great. But if you're a veteran, you will feel like I've done this so many times before. You'll know every beat. You'll, you'll know. You'll quickly yeah. get through that initial area. You'll quickly get through it. It won't. It won't phase you. But if you're new. Hours. Yeah, if you're new, you'll be like, "Oh, this is amazing." But if you're if you've been round the track a couple of times, you'll be like, "Okay, so here's the catacombs bit. I know what happens yeah. here." You went no hollaback girl. Yeah, I have to admit a bit I loved about it because before my copy came through in the post, my best mate, uh, or one of my best mates, was playing it through PS4 and letting me see him play it through SharePlay, and it was great seeing him play it because he was brand new to Souls. Like the only other game he had played, um, which was from Miyazaki, was uh, Bloodborne, and he liked it, but he uh, he didn't like it as well. He jumped onto the Dark Souls train, and I was just seeing him immediately falling in love with it, and it just brought back nostalgia of when I picked up Dark Souls One the first time, and was introduced to this beautiful new world, and then I went back to Demon Souls. <laughs> I think it's doing that for a lot of people. It is being the gateway back into Souls that is getting a lot more new players in. And uh, what was I going to say? Um, it just it feels again. It does tread the line between oh, here's some nice nods, but at the same time, it can get a bit too fan servicey. And you're going okay, that, that, that's a bit pandering now. Like, yeah. Can we try something a bit different? But hopefully, this will mean that Miyazaki is done with Souls now. They don't need to make another one. Let the man do something new because I want to see him do a, something completely Souls. different. Can, uh, oh god, yeah, please! For example, don't. some kind of armored core. Yes, yeah. Armored just, core, you fuckers. Give me Chrome Hounds too. Yeah. Give me it now. Just give oh, us any mech mechs. Game. Yeah. yeah. Well, they pretty much make them all. They make Steel Battalion, Armored Core, and Chrome Hounds. So just let them make one of those oh, again. Yeah. A, a great Steel Battalion game back again. Oh. Well, I I can see it happening. Like especially with the VR. Like they're, they're definitely yeah. going to jump. They're on the that list. Again. They're on the PS VR development. They're list. super make it. Armored Core is the well-known name. I think. Yeah. So that's what they'll go with. Um, uh. 
what was I going to say? There was something else. Um, there was some. Oh yeah, the the Bloodborne similarity. They have sped up the combat a lot. I mean, there are a lot of hangovers from Bloodborne that are put into it, which unfortunately makes some combat options worse. Like if you're like me who likes playing with a massive two-handed sword, it is a lot harder now because enemies are much faster. They can they can stun lock you easier than you can stun lock them. True. So if you're playing a tank build, you're gonna struggle. But you can, it's you can still make it work, but it's not going to be as easy as it was back in Dark Souls One and Two. Get gooder. Yeah, yeah get gooder. <laughs> get gooder. And respec. Nah, that really would be on top of the pandering list. Yeah, if the, if they had made a get a get good T-shirt, I would have just sla- gone up to the Namco offices and slapped them all in the face. Well, I was a lot of people have been talking about. Like Jim Sterling did a video about uh, the the whole get good culture stuff. Yeah, and then um, video game. They're the worst. That five yeah. reasons I don't want to play great. Dark Souls. So funny. Everybody needs yeah. to watch that. It's true, and that's the that's the worst part of Dark Souls it's is what's the fan base. Because yeah. a lot a lot of people will just get put off by the the annoying PvP kids who are like, "Oh, get good, get good," and it's like, no, just and plus, Dark Souls isn't isn't hard. It's a game where it tells you exactly what you need to do, but then doesn't patronise you. It just says, "Right, these are all the mechanics laid out for you. You figure yeah. it out, and once you figure it out, it'll all click." It's one of those games that when it clicks. It's a breeze, but those first that first kind of struggle as you're trying to divine what stats mean, how does the combat work, what's uh, you know what's the best dodge roll, how do parry timings factor in. Once you've got those all in place, it becomes a lot easier, and it's not. And, and also, that's the annoying thing is it was constantly marketing like being hard. It's not that hard, yeah. really. It no, wasn't hard. Go to super always Bay, perfect at it though. Yeah. I mean, especially Demon's oh, no, Souls had its moments and. Say the original Dark Souls, where you needed a divine weapon to make sure the skeleton stayed dead. Yeah, yeah, there are a lot of design problems, and that's one of the good things about this one is they've clearly realised that in previous instalments they have made loads of mistakes. Like Blight Town is just a terrible area. Oh, the yeah. Shrine of Amarna in Dark Souls Two was just awful. God. Luckily, there is probably only one really bad area in Dark Souls Three. I think I know which one you're talking yeah. about. And you can breeze through it quite quickly if you know what you're doing, but if you get stuck, there are enemies which can rapidly drain your health, like drain your overall life bar down, yep. and then you've got to wait about on like, 10 seconds, 20 seconds, until it goes back up again. It's like a mini version of the curse from Dark Souls 1. And there is one room where there's about 15 of them yeah. all close together, and you need to run past them in order to get to the bonfire and the boss. I probably spent 50, 50 minutes just trying to clear that room because it's so badly made because you just keep going, oh, I'm going to pull this one over. Oh, right, it aggro's another seven and my health bar is now at one. So if I can't even, you know, shield block anything because I'll get, you know, I'll take chip damage. and it get. There are some badly designed areas, but the least amount of badly designed areas compared to the rest of, you know, the Soul series and Bloodborne as well. You say it's a good entry point. It's going to be my entry point at some point yeah. this year. I got too much to play at the moment, but it's it's on yeah. my pickup list. Yeah, it's definitely it, definitely one that everybody should play because it's still a phenomenal RPG. But again, in the context of the Soul series, where most of them have been phenomenal, besides Dark Souls Two, it's probably it's just it's the fourth. Too much of a good thing. Series. Too much of a good thing, and that's why I want. From software to do something completely different. Hopefully, they're away from Namco now. They're not tied to that marketing yeah. deal anymore, and they can just do what they will, which will be great. All right, nice. then, Dom. 
you been playing? Well, I got Dark Souls 3 at the end of the week, so I won't add in, add in much apart from shamelessly plug the fact that the Naked Soul run, which I am glad to be bringing back, will begin on the Monday after recording this podcast. So if you've missed it, chances are the first episode of the Highlight Reel will be up on YouTube by the point you listen to this podcast. Um, so that's going to be fun, because I get to play through the entire game with no armour whatsoever. I didn't Have fun. It doesn't yeah. sound like fun. To be honest, I reckon I can do it quite well. I doubt I'm going to get beat my record of only dying 66 times in Dark Souls 2. But yet again... That's impressive. That's really impressive. I was very happy. For the f- I, I beat him with 66 deaths. I was shocked. I was expecting at least 100. It was surprising. But yes, that's going to be starting. If you are interested with how I came up with this idea in the first place, I'll be doing a prelude video going over the rule set and how you can try it at home. One day I was sitting there naked and I thought, why can't all game characters be naked? <laughs> I was fighting chickens in my back garden. I thought, I wonder if I could do this in a game. Can I do this in the new? <laughs> yeah, so I've been playing that. Um, as well as that, I've been live streaming more on my own personal Twitch um, as we were waiting for Dark Souls to come in. Uh, and I've been sorting out overlays and lovely Twitch things for that. Um, and on my own Twitch, I decided to go back a little. I went to play one of my favourite RPG series on the PS2 from CyberConnect2, um, which is Dot Hack. I went back to play Dot Hack Infection, which is the first of the four-part series. And I've made a mini mission for myself where I'm going to do... All those games that I've streamed on my own personal Twitch, followed by the Dot Hack GU series, which I never finished. Um, it's a massive shame because if if all the games were available, I would gladly do what I think is the most amazing games that's only available in Japan, which is Dot Hack Versus, which has all the characters from the games, the manga and anime adaptations, including some unique ones all thrown in together to an arena-based fighter similar to that of Pokémon Tournament. And it actually plays really well. Um, a mate of mine managed to import it, and I put my hands on it, and it's super good. But they'll never release it over here because, well, it's obvious. The fan base just isn't huge enough for it to come. It makes sense. But it was a nice nostalgia trip. I really enjoyed it, and it's made me now want to go back to... Probably Final Fantasy VI before Final Fantasy XV comes out in September because that is my personal favourite Final Fantasy out of the entire series. But that'll be a topic for another day at some point for sure. Man, I, like, I've heard of Dot Hack, but only in the, like, I know that title floating around somewhere. Yeah. Back I have in the days when the, the PS2 had the most amazing JRPG lineup. Yeah, that was pretty much the system. If you wanted JRPGs, just get pissed. It did so. have the greatest JRPG of all time. Persona Star 4. Ocean 3. Star no. Ocean 3. Persona 4. Anybody that disagrees. And oh, all the Star Ocean fanboys. Persona 4, please don't. All the Star Ocean fanboys say 1 and 2 were really good, 3 was bad. They're wrong. 3 was great. 4 was bad. I will, like, I will agree with that. So good. I will definitely agree with that. Star Ocean 3 was just gorgeous. Or Dragon Quest Eight: Journey of the Cast King. That's a very good one. That is Dragon good. State, sorry. It's, it's, I still love Skies of Arcadia. Love that it's game. It's upsetting so that we have to PS2. go back Get to out. the PS2. Wrong conversation. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. At one point in this podcast history, someone 
out there in the fan base will just ask a question for us now at the end of the stream, just going, what are your favourite PS2 memories? And we would totally gouge. I, um, be like, I didn't have one, so this is <laughs> don't have an age. Or that generation, you know, that period. The PS2 is supposed to be the greatest console, like, ever. Everybody just over the PS2. All of my memories, all my great PlayStation gaming memories are PS1. I had a PS2. I loved it. I played it. But the iconic games from my childhood, the only one that's on the PS2 really is Final Fantasy X. Oh, and San Andreas, actually. <laughs> um, Wait, not Vice City? San Andreas was better than Vice City. Um, there we go. There's That's good. <laughs> Here we go. swearing at me. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, San Andreas is my favourite GTA. Jack and Daxter, Ratchet and Clank. Uh, Clank was great, but it just it compare Clank to Crash. Like yeah. he's he's great, he's cool, but he's not on that level. Like like Spyro Crash. Ten years they... from now, we're not gonna have everybody thinking, "Oh, are they gonna wear a Ratchet and Clank T-shirt E3? Are they bringing it back?" The same way that people do for crash crash yeah yeah again i was playing too busy playing on the purple lunchbox so i've got <laughs> none of the none of the ps i'm retroactively going back and playing a lot of ps1 and ps2 games but again i completely mm. missed that i was too busy on the gamecube yeah she has some great stuff but again it, legacy wise the ps2 just blows it out of the water i know at some point i'll also be going back to playstation one and playing my personal favorite game of all time that is still yet to be beaten which is the 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 game no one has ever heard of or played unless you had a very specific demo disc from back in the magazine days, which was Silent Bomber. Um, if you're interested as to what the hell that game is, by the way, it's on the YouTube channel. Check it out. See, I thought uh, you were going to say Leisure Suit Larry, Magna Cum Laude. <laughs> oh, PS1 had so many great games. Dino Crisis, man. Dino Crisis. One of the greatest... I never forgive Capcom for just letting that die on it. Dino Crisis Two anti tank rifle, boom, you're done. Get out of here. That was so good. That was the first. That was the first gun where I was like, you know, you'd shoot someone, and because it was fixed camera angles, you'd shoot a raptor, and it would just go away. It would go off the screen somewhere, and that was it. It was never a problem again. I oh, again was great. Dino Crisis Three did not happen. It's like Indiana Jones Four. It's that wasn't a thing. It was a bad dream you had. So T Rex is in space. <laughs> Yeah. Didn't happen. So, um, let's go on to the news, shall we, lads? Let's talk the about some news, news. I guess. Um, who would like to bring up something first? Because I know we've, we've, there's quite a lot. I might as well go with an eSports one. Because it. It, it was, I think it was announced, it was announced yesterday. Yeah, this is and it's quite a big one. Uh, it was the announcement that Team YP, otherwise known as the eSports team sponsored by adult entertainment site YouPorn, has been banned from entering any future ESL events due to the fact they're due to their links with you know said adult company, which is a massive shame because Team YP have been nothing but professional. There's no links to kind of their sister site in any of their marketing. They're very kind of safe for work, and they just run a really good esports team. And so to have them cut out from the ESL, which is like a, produces and kind of holds a massive number of esports tournaments. I just think it's it's a shameful that they're just being cut out when mm. all of their business dealings have been proper, you know, above board yeah. and I'm very safe. Running some form of giant nerd bukkake scene at the tournaments. No. Yeah, then yeah, that's not happened. See, I'm a little like it is a shame. Uh and it shouldn't be this way, but 
no other sports team, no other any kind of competition team could be sponsored by a porn site. Like, you're not going to get... You know, Manchester United now supported by X-Hamster. Yeah, like... Um, and it's 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 a shame it shouldn't be that way. You know, they're legitimate companies. They're filling a market. They they pay their taxes. They, but it's one of, it's one of those other companies aren't going to want to see their name next to yeah. them. Yeah, well, that's the thing that YP Team YP is a completely separate brand. Like there yeah. are no yeah. there are no backward links between the two sites. It's just if you know. You'd know the consensus, but if you're like, I don't know, a kid watching an esports stream and you see YP, YP just stands for YP. It doesn't stand for anything else. If you went digging, you would find it, but you wouldn't. Mm. It wouldn't be outright. It's obvious. not on like a shirt or anything, is it? Well, it's just got Team YP on the oh, shirt. Okay, so it's not like a normal and even, and the, deal where it would have no, the logo on the back. No. Yeah, and it, the, even with that, I mean, uh, for Capcom Cup, uh, Valmaster, who's probably the, one of the best Chun Li players, uh, Capcom Cup, he wasn't allowed to have YP on like the stream overlay, and in order to, so he could wear the his jersey on stream, they made a, se- a special censored jersey which blurred out like the logo <laughs> and YP, wow. which was quite good. How mature are some of these um, games that they're playing at tournament? Oh, stuff like Mortal Kombat X. Like ESL yeah. runs Mortal Kombat X. Yeah, so. it sounds like it would make sense. Where if it's a uh, age rating appropriate to say the site that's sponsoring them, that should at least be. Oh, you fine. know what people yeah. are like. You can well, blow yeah, someone's exactly. head off. Yeah. You can't show a boob. Yeah, well, it's the thing that the two major games that the ESL runs and the two major games that YP were involved in were Rainbow Six Siege and I think Evolve, two mature rated games, yeah. which were also the same demographic who would use their sister site. So it sh- <laughs> that wouldn't have been a problem anyway. So I just think it's, it, again... Do you want to see six guys blow in a room? Cool, come to you, pretty much, yeah, just like <laughs> Come link over, oh. you'll love this. Uh, I hope they won't have to re- massively rebrand because they've got some really good players in their stable. I mean, they've got Filipino Man and Valmaster for... Uh, for uh, uh, One of for Marvel's lesser alone superheroes, yeah. Filipino Man. Yeah, Filipino Man. So it's just one of those things where, like, the amount of money they'd lose from other sponsors not wanting to come in and be Yeah, that's the thing. It's not a moral issue at all. No, None of them give a shit about porn. They just... It's want more especially when you'll have sponsors money. from the tobacco companies hours. and other. Yeah, at least not during workouts. So I mean, even because the, the reason this has come about is because Gamesbeat, who the person who covered it, who got these leaked internal emails between YP and ESL, YP even said, "Look, we'll completely rebrand if we have to. Yeah. We'll completely get rid of YP. We'll have a completely new name if that's all right." But the EL just said, "No, we don't want to. We don't want to work with you." And According to these emails, the uh, the exact ruling is uh, they're banning sp- those with sponsors that are widely known for pornographic and other adult mature themes and products. Cop, so, cop, I mean, shooting combat people. ten, yeah, cop, yeah. Cop. adult themes, what or uh, adult products, what cigarettes as well, or yeah. you know, energy drinks, you know, stuff that kids shouldn't be drinking. It's going to be like that Simpsons episode with Lisa trying to promote smokes. Yeah. Again, it is. It isn't the moral issue. It's the money issue, and they don't want to lose sponsors. But I think it's also a bit spineless from the ESL, especially with the, some of the, the major games they run. I hope YP can bounce back and they can, you know, still run like a proper cost-effective esports team, as it would be a shame to see them go. But it's it's a thorny issue. I understand both sides of the argument, but hopefully it will be changed in some way, and the ESL might 
allow them back in. Yeah. But yeah. hey-ho. Best of luck to uh, those guys, definitely. Yeah, best of luck to YP. But uh, anybody, what's, anybody else got another big news story? We'll probably leave the Neo to the last, because yeah. that's the, the one that we'll spend ages talking about. Yeah. So. Um, I had some minor stuff. Mirror's Edge got delayed by not much. Like, it got delayed out of May into June. Uh, EA said something like they wanted the launch to be flawless, so basically they're fixing up some bugs that would get them railed in the reviews. I'm surprised because I think EA have quite a good track record at the moment for releasing solid games, I believe. Uh, the last ropey one I remember, at least on console, is um, Battlefield 4, and that was a launch title, so... Yeah, that was bound to be a buggy mess. Uh, but, I mean, Battlefront ran great... Uh, I'm trying to think what else they had. Hardline, Clash of the Zombies, Clash well. Zombies, yeah. Unravel, I didn't hear any bug rubbish about that. So they seem to be pretty good on that. Um, the main problem is people are absolutely panning Mirror's Edge, the beta, for just it being a bit of a rubbish game. Yeah. The question is, how fair do you think it is to completely pan a game based on the beta? Because the whole point is to get the game to people's hands, but then people just turn around with criticism but, and go, but beta, beta means... It depends it's pretty on, much yeah. finished, though. That's yeah. the difference between, like, let's say the Gears beta. You know, the, the lighting model isn't done for that. You can tell that's not finished. This is... The net code needs changing, yeah. but fundamental mechanics aren't going to change. Yeah, minor yeah. balancing will change if it's too yeah. bad. Um, I mean, like, the Doom... Was it the Doom beta where they, they'd gone gold before the beta? Yeah, yeah. I think so. I was yeah. like, that's not a beta. That's... That's a demo. Pretty much. So, yeah. So I don't not much hope for Mass, uh, Mirror's Edge going ahead. I'm, I'm still... I I haven't played the original. It looks like a cool concept. I've got a friend who swears by the original. Um, and he's got pretty good taste in games. So, I will... I'll probably try it, but I'll wait for the reviews before I decide if it's a launch game or not. I know the uh, piece of news I've wanted to discuss um we had a little bit of a chat about it before the podcast but it's about this live streamer uh from oh, this week the smite oh, streamer. dm brandon yeah so for those at home that may not have heard about this or me um <laughs> or will um there's a smite is not streamer, my deal <laughs> yeah a smite streamer um hired by high res known as dm brandon uh who live streams smite as uh, as i said 80,000 followers on Twitch, 6.5 mil views on Twitch. Also, he's getting there. He's, he's a pretty big guy on that side of things. And during one of his live streams, when he's doing Smite and all that jazz, a donor tipped him $5 and left a message saying, Teal dear, I tried killing myself last August, discovered your videos once I realized, once I was re- released, and Smite has become a positive outlet for me. Thanks. A, a very heartwarming message. Just a way of saying, you didn't do much, but for what you did, I thank you for it. You know, a very nice, heartwarming message. And this guy just blew up on his stream. By I won't go into massive details about everything he said, but to quote some of the lines he says, um, such as, there are a lot of streamers out there that would appreciate that message, I'm just going to call you an asshole," And saying, everyone has fucking depressions depression and anxiousness everyone has a hard time fucking wank waking up 
And still a lot of us do it without putting the burden on a lot of other people. Uh, needless to say, because of these comments on livestream, as a member of the high-res team technically, he soon left his position and now regrets pretty much everything he said. High-res coming out of a statement basically saying that they won't tolerate anyone talking about those subjects of any kind with that kind of opinion behind it. Um... It was quite shocking, and uh, I think the right move's been made. But it wow. was, and I agree. Like, something like some of the some of the quotes, like in context, what he was trying to get across in a very shit way was um, more of a, you know, it's kind of that whole terrible argument of telling somebody that's suicidal that suicide is selfish. That regardless of whether that's right or not, is just the worst thing you can say. It's the absolute... It's one um, incredibly insensitive thing to say, and it's probably the worst thing to say. And especially in a live stream situation where there are going to be VODs of it and people are going to be able to bring this up in any other situation, it just seemed incredibly silly to just respond. Surely you just let that go, not even engage with it. Mm. Just say thank you and then just move on. And the thing that I found interesting about it all was um, if you go and watch the video that's out there that shows the moment when it happens you um, he obviously says what he says and then you can obviously tell the chat just blows up with what the hell man and they question him about it and he just literally comes back in the chat saying oh just shut up and man up and move on as if a, a quick way to say no my stream my opinions if you don't like it shut up and go yeah, I mean, like I said, he handled it badly, but I don't think he was trying to... Nah, I don't think he was genuinely super... trying to be that guy, you know. I th- I think it was more of a, you know, he's trying to sort of get that whole suicide's not the answer message, yeah. but he was doing it in the shitty man up and The absolute way. worst yeah. way possible, with no real grace the or The general tact. attitude yeah. of a 50-year-old man from the Midlands who's like, kids these days don't know how yeah. easy they got it. Yeah. yeah. I just, one of those, I don't think he's a bad guy, I think he's an idiot. <laughs> or having, apparently, according to a friend of mine who plays a lot of Smite, he's a known knobhead in the community. Wow. And for some reason, he was com- he commentated a bunch of Smash at Genesis 3, and his commentary was awful for that, and he seemed quite arrogant. So maybe this was just the, the straw that broke the camel's back yeah. for people at high res, but who knows? I mean, sh- made a silly made a silly comment, should have just left it be, and he kind yeah. of it bit him in the arse in the end, so... I, tell, I, really say I find it, it weird to give streamers stick for like being arrogant because most of them it's the persona that they yeah and it's kind of hard to pull them apart on that because but it, it is their choice what persona they put across and if your persona is going to be a massive douchebag well yeah I mean there's the difference between this guy's persona as you know an arrogant kind of cocky guy and the shit he's been saying but well there was that recent guy with the Dota 2 oh, yeah. Shanghai yes, major yes. who was just acting like a, a complete you know without any you know the man Gaben of, called an asshole yeah the oh, man that Gaben called an asshole <laughs> you know it seems to be a thing that a lot of high level I don't know esports streamers or commentators seem to 
you know, have a lot of this bluster and this bravado as I'm going to be the cocky streamer who says what he wants. When eventually that will come and bite them in the arse when they they say something insensitive or they or they realise that the mask of the character is badly drawn as the character they're drawn as is a moron and just not very nice to be around. Maybe that has so, something to do with wanting to put yourself out there a lot streaming 24-7. Yeah, bit of a bit of a segue off this actually. I saw um, I got Rod Ferguson on my Twitter feed. Uh, the he's head of coalition, the, the coalition, yeah. yeah. Um, and some professional esports um, gears guy was like, basically just out of nowhere, just posted a message saying, "Oh, Gears Four is looking shit. I'm not going to play it. Fuck you, Rod Ferguson." And Rod Ferguson is just like blocked. Um, but it's just that whole. Would you, like, imagine a footballer, like, going, oh, I'm not liking the uh, the venues for the uh, Premier League. Like, I'm not liking the, the FA Cup semi-final venues next year. Fuck yeah. you, guys in charge of the FA. You wouldn't get away with that shit. Like, the the level, esports wants to be taken seriously, but cannot back that yeah. up at the moment. They don't behave professionally, so many of them. You still have guys like this for just... But... Like, the way I'm thinking about it, they're acting a lot like 80s-style wrestling commentators where some of them want to be the colour commentary member, like Jerry the King Lawler, who tries to be the bad guy all the time. But then when it comes to bringing that to a professional level, you can't be like that, or else people will just see you as the cartoon and yeah. nothing will be taken seriously in that way. But then you also have the problem of they try to be two kind of typical sports pundits yeah. where it sounds incredibly God, staged. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, mate, at the end of the day, like we tried our best, we went out there. <laughs> yeah, It was offside, ref was bad, move on. Uh, we did good game today, game was good. Yeah. I think a lot of... And this is part of like the, the whole Team YP thing as well. I think the industry, people are realising there's a lot of money in it. And they're starting to realise that if they want to make more money out of it, a lot of the childishness is going to have to get kicked out of it. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, policing being your own a, communities. Yeah. That yeah. is a big thing within Smash at the moment. Is Smash, Super Smash Bros. wants to be eSports, so like League and Dota, mm. but it has a very strong grassroots community that doesn't want to become corporate and doesn't want to have kind of the, you know, men in buttoned-up shirts. So, well, let's look at the play-by-play, you know, yeah. with the radio yeah. voice. And unfortunately... To make the money, you're going to have to strip out some of the colour commentary and the more the kind of sometimes. I think yeah. it can maintain its personality, but there needs to be a level of professionalism and not this whole. The people that give gamers that bad rep. Street Fighter is doing it right at the moment. If you've watched, I mean, I at the time of recording, the Red Bull. Yeah, Red Bull Kumite is on at the moment, or having you pronounce it. And the two major commentators, you've got Logan Sammer, you've got Ultra David, you've got uh, James Chen and F-Word. They're all fantastic streamers, like commentators, who get do a bit of colour commentary, but also have that kind of sports aspect. And it's not annoying, it's quite endearing. Very true. It actually gets you into it. And I think they're forging the path for the commentary that I think other esports mm. should follow. But again, it's still a long way to go, and I think, yeah, it's still in that position of being in its infancy. It wants to have the, we're professionals, but it also wants to have the, we're also gamers too, and we can have a bit of fun. and uh, yeah, reach that gap CD. to get on Sky Sports. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Having said that, they are on ESPN a lot. I mean, yeah. ESPN has got its own esports thing. So, yeah. ESPN uh, 8, the Ocho. 
It's a great gamble, Cotton. Let's see if it pays <laughs> off. Fucking Chuck Norris. God damn it. Alright, uh, have we got any other small news? or? Well, I say Should we move news. on to the elephant in the room? Yeah. I would bring up Warframe stuff, but Get no, out, that's Nelly. just me. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go yeah. full on Neo. So, Let's yeah, go balls the, deep into this one. Yeah. So, right. the big news of the week is the Neo announcement. So, Ian, seeing as you're the one who was making a lot of about eating... I yeah, you answer this. Stuff up. I want to clear some stuff. I said I would eat Belgium if the PS4K could play games at 4K, play ma- the majority of games at 4K. I stand by that. This machine, if it exists, cannot do 4K. Not even close. It can maybe... It might have a drive in it that'll play 4K DVDs if they can't already do that. Uh, Blu-rays, whatever. Showing my age. But there is not a chance in hell that we are going to see any major title in 4K resolution on this machine. So the order Belgium? 1866. Yeah, Belgium in you 4K could. running at cinematic okay. 16 frames. You might a have second. to nibble on Bruges or something. Yeah, like that. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll maybe if I'll I'll eat like a page out of an atlas with Belgium on it. You know, <laughs> maybe. So well, um, does one of us want to go through the specifications of the Neo? I'll yeah, do it since I wrote a feature on it. So the the main thing to know, so this is leaked by Giant Bomb and then was backed up by Neo, uh, by Eurogamer releasing the kind of the internal uh, the internal listings for what developers need to do. And so the main thing for all you you know not, uh, all you uh, people into your system specs, techno the main wizards. things to note, yeah, the techno wizards. The main thing to note is that the CPU. Uh, has let me. I, I wrote it. Let me get this down. But the main thing is the GPU is a bit beefier. Uh, it has faster. It has wider memory bandwidth, which I have no idea what that Ooh. means. But I think it means you can just handle more memory at once. And then let me let me get. That it might up. help out with like share play stability and stream yeah. stability. And yeah, because th- that was the main thing that came from looking at the the small adjustments that have been made again oh yeah higher clock speed on the processor more bandwidth on the memory and an improved gpu so the main things to take away are this isn't going to be a massive jump up in actual graphical fidelity it's just going to be more ways to get games running at ma- the magic 1080p 60 fps rather than maybe holding at 9 900p and then 30 frames uh, there are claims according to the uh, Eurogamer post saying that 4K is possible. I think it's baseless. I think they're just saying that to try and get as much as they can out of their studios. I, yeah, I've also think... heard rumours of 90 FPS. <laughs> That's not happening. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> no, it's not happening. I think, uh, yeah, so it's not going to run 4K. Uh, maybe one game will run 4K. But, uh, yeah, the main... Yeah, Pong. It will be Space Pong or some VR. Yeah, Resogun. But the main thing is just more stability, higher frame rates, more stable frame rates. But, uh, yeah. And also it's, the main thing to note is that the Neo can't have any specific features on it. Yeah. You can't have Neo specific games. You can't have Neo specific features. Everything that works on the original PS4 must work on Neo and vice versa. The only yet. thing that's yet, yeah, yet, the only limitation is that the Neo can have any frame rate higher than the PS4. It has no obligation to make sure that the original PS4 versions that companies make is at the same frame rate as Neo. So I think the only problem is that 
people will neglect the original PS4 version and make it run like arse, while the Neo version will be working at, you know, shiny 1080, 60. Yeah. So, like, they'll, they'll, like, make one of the beta versions for PS3... Sorry, PS4 version, and then the full release will be in Neo, and you can tell which one they obviously did more work on. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, like... I think it's a good idea overall. I think it's poorly timed by Sony if it's coming this year. Um, well, it's it's nothing new. People are saying like, "Oh, this has never been done before." Well, yeah, of course it's been done before. You had the pit of the Xbox 360 Elite. You've had the new 3DS. You've had yeah, the massive. This is the first. Like the Xbox 360 Elite, it was just a hard drive. It was a better and also hard the HD and the HDMI out as well. Uh, the HDMI out. It's already got a HDMI out. The normal one. I forgot that something with the Elite came with the, with HDMI. But, yeah. Uh, it would also surprise uh, me if one of the obscure consoles from the 80s did that as well. Yeah. Because yeah. one thing you can learn from looking at game history is that everything goes in cycles, and while everyone pretends yeah. everything's new, it's happened well, I mean, times before. Every attempt previous has failed. We had the Sega CD. We had that VR. Pack that you, to be fair, that RAM pack you jammed on the N64 was all yeah, right. Yeah, the N64 expansion pack. The thing is, it came with a game. It came with yeah. Donkey Kong 64. Yeah. So it was like, if you bought the game, you'd get the upgrade. So um, it wasn't, and also it wasn't that massive of like an upgrade. But the problem is, well, there's a, there's a few issues that people are worried about. My problem with it is, if it comes out this year, uh, they're competing with themselves. They're trying to push PSVR this year. You don't want to release two products about the same price that you're competing because everybody that's got a PS4 now has to decide do I upgrade say I got 400 quid to spend do I upgrade or do I get a PSVR um, yeah. PSVR personally say, yeah I, I, I'd probably do the same but about half your user base is probably just going to upgrade and that's half the people whose decision you've made for them on whether they get a PSVR or not and it's also the thing of the PSVR is a much more tangible thing of, oh, I've got a big headset I can use. The Neo is just, oh, my, my specs are a bit higher. It's yeah. not as shiny to buy for, yeah. for users who Unless are Unless the they fence. did some amazing £600 combo. Yeah. Ooh, that's I can see them doing that. Yeah. And unless they have some kind of trading deal where it's like oh you can trade in your old PS4 and get the Neo 200 quid off or something like that because yeah. I, I remember reading somewhere that it's priced $400 and then the how much is the VR 450 400 uh, so, right it was, yeah, so you're going to have to yeah. pick between one of the two unless you're loaded yeah so I they won't do a trading deal themselves but places like GameStop and stuff will I remember. I, I don't. I can't remember the source. I think Easy Ally said this uh, at this current time. There is no planned trading deal at GameStop it, anyway. It makes. And it needs one. The reason they'll do it is because con- they don't make a penny really, or they make minor margins off selling new consoles. But if they offer you 150 quid, whatever, 200 quid for your PS4, and then they sell that on again, that's now pure profit for them. Yeah. See, I thought it was the opposite. Margin. I thought places like uh, Game actually were only really surviving off of new console sales. Oh god, no! They survive off used sales. Way out of trading. They make nothing on new sales of anything. Yeah. Games they make such tiny margins. True. Like, they, they survive um, on the used market. Yeah. Like I was um, in my local game, and uh, I'm really, I'm really good mates with the manager of it. And I generally, um, this is when I was applying for there, and I genuinely asked him uh, how how it all was. He literally just straight up said, like, 
a rough a rough estimate and it's like 90% of all their sales they have in the store come from the trade-ins and that's all the profit they get like the stuff it's they like why they've started to terrible. do phones yeah. yeah because phones is just an easy margin for them to sell stuff on and they also have to pay the the stuff back to sony or you know microsoft or nintendo or whatever selling new games again if they get trading it's just pure money you know they don't have to give any cut to anyone else so. yeah. exactly so I it's it, back to PS4 Neo thing. It's they're in a weird position as well because what happens if E3 comes round and there's no Neo? Yeah, like, I'm I'm edgy then. The con- the conspiracy theorist rumor mill will go into hyper overdrive. Yeah, and then accuse some... someone like Phil Spencer being a lizard lord like the Queen. Because I want to buy a PS4 this year. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to buy a PS4 if Neo's around the corner. I'm going to get the Neo. I don't so know. Do you think this, Do you think these rumors are going to force their hand? So something they were just testing the water with, they're now going to have to do well, something. It's possible. The other it's part possible. of the rumor is that this, and this is the stupid part of the rumor in my opinion, is that this is a Q1 2017. No, that's not. No, no. Um, you don't throw away a Christmas say, period. Yeah, but especially with no Again, major competition. They can't avoid competing with... Well, they're going to have major competition, though. They're going to have the NX. Yeah, that's that's also whatever. the sleeping giant here, is yeah. we don't know when the NX is coming out. True. And hopefully they won't fudge it like the Wii U, where you see the announcement uh, trailer at E3, or whatever you know Nintendo are going to be doing, and you still have no idea what it is. Yeah. I I think the NX will be better. It'll be It'll be a worthy console to own. I don't think it's going to be a monolith. But the Wii if, too. Yeah. The other thing is, though, they've got to be careful, because even though I don't think people are right about all this, or Sony are kicking you know, sand in the faces of all the PS4 owners with this, if Sony are going to lose market to anyone, it's Nintendo. Like, yeah. Sony fans like Japanese stuff. They, they're on there for the... Like, this is the reason, like, Nintendo aren't going to steal market from Microsoft ever. They're only going to take it from Sony. Um, and I think if the Neo comes out and is poorly received by a lot of people, a lot of people are then going to spend their money on that they would have maybe spent on a PSVR on an NX. Yeah. Um, and I think Nintendo could pull in a lot of market that way. Um, and there's also the question of what will Sony do with the original PS4? Like, will true. there be a big price drop on that? Will it go to like 200 quid, or will yep. it be cheaper? Or because if they keep it at the same price, it's even more question of not a lot of people are going to buy the Neo if the actual improvements aren't that tangible. Also, they'll slaughter PS4 sales for the next few months as well. Yeah, because the thing is, if they do something like that, you're very much looking um, like what they did with the Steam machines when that was a thing. Where you have like Alienware's making a Steam machine, these guys are making one, and all of them with different specs, and all of them with this value. Steam other. machines, but they, oh, they all run through Steam OS, and chances are, like I've seen a lot of reviews on all most of the different Steam machines that are out now. Most of them are pretty bad for the most part, um, and everyone basically says the same thing: if you don't have a gaming rig, this is okay. It, but in all honesty get a gaming rig if you're thinking of a Steam machine, because it's going to do a hell of a lot better. And, and it's, There's it's, no point half-arsing the PC. Go PC yeah. or go console. Don't yeah, you go don't. for something yeah. that has none of... 
it just doesn't have most of the advantages of PC a Steam machine. Like it, it loses the upgradableness. It, I just yeah, they're overpriced yeah. as well. PC enthusiasts tend to like them some, you know. Yeah. Bit savings, like I'm. Um, this is the cost-efficient way to play in the in the long run, really playing PC. So. Yeah. And one thing I did want to bring up, I don't know whether anyone else read about this. Um, soon after the whole PS4 Neo, there was this piece of news that went circling about Microsoft testing a variety of new Xbox prototypes. I did see this. Uh, um, I think that might Microsoft... be something they might have thrown out there. It might be it's like a conversation those... they've had at a board meeting going, Sony's talking about this, what are we going to do? Well, Microsoft were the ones that initially kicked off all of this talk of... Uh, another a midway mm. console because phil spencer was talking at oh where was it i think it was the the spring showcase yeah and he talked yeah. about essentially that they're going to release new hardware midway through the cycle um but i think microsoft i think theirs is next year um and i don't necessarily i think that's probably a good idea mm. I I think a four year cycle is an acceptable console gen. Like with with a paying a hundred pound a year for a console basically. Yeah. That's yeah. fine. Um that's a high especially subscription if they're cost. Stay cheap. Um but the other way you can do it is let's it's it's a longer gen really, because a gen is two mini gens essentially, let's say. You know, there's the PS four and the PS four K. There'll be the Xbox and the Xbox, whatever they call it, something. One point five. No, it'll be the Xbox Mango or something. I just feel like <laughs> random names. Xbox Zodiac. But one of the rumors that interests me actually is they're talking of some kind of modular thing, like basically. Do you ever see that um, picture of the modular phone design? That's yeah, made, yeah. Where it was like a base of a phone, and then you could just slap this little camera into it and stuff. Something so simple, something that doesn't have any of the scary looking, oh, I've got to put an exposed circuit board into my Xbox. If it's you just mean like, like the old Sega ones where you slap onto the Mega Drive, the, the CD thing? And yeah, like if it's, if it's a shell of a thing and it has a compartment with a box and it just says hard drive and you put that in there, GPU, CPU, whatever. if it's possible, I don't think it is. It I think is. the PS2 had sound like that. In the back of it, there was this yeah. absolutely massive void and I think if you wanted to play online, you slapped something into it. Yeah, yeah it was like with the GameCube you had. Wasn't it? You had yeah. the GameCube with the network adapter and then the GBI player as well. Yeah. Um, so a module thing could work, but what I'd really rather they just do is drop down to maybe a five-year gen like the, the gen, last gen was too long, and that's the reason we're seeing a lot of new ideas at the moment. Is everyone realised we had eight years basically of the there last was gen. a reason for that though? It's because when the Xbox 360 and the PS3 came out, the tech they were used was bleeding edge. It was, and then um, by the time it ended, it was a bit well. It was more than a little dated. They both learnt from that lesson. Uh, it cost Sony massively. Oh yeah. Um, and Microsoft six hundred pounds when it first came out, something yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, and they were making losses. And then Microsoft's problem was they managed to stay a little cheaper, but at the expense of Xboxes catching fire, basically. <laughs> yeah. Wrap it in a towel, it will work. Yeah. Um. So they realised if you're going to make something bleeding edge, a you can't cut corners. It's 
I mean, the the Xbox One is over-designed on purpose. Like, it is enormous, but if you open it up, it's hollow, basically. There's nothing in there. They just got all that space so they could stick fans everywhere to stop it exploding. So I think since the rumours of the PlayStation Neo, AMD's stock has shot up, like, almost 50%. It's something utterly ridiculous, just because all of these rumours are about how AMD's tech are just killing it. Um, Well, basically, the rumour from AMD is that there are three new console-grade socks coming out um, within the next... This year and next year. Um, if they're buying them, them in bulk, they're just, buying them for something. Yeah. But they've, they've said only one of them is they can guarantee this year. Like, they said one definitely this year. Yeah. That's got to be the NX. It also doesn't hurt that AMD tech actually runs better on DX12. Mm. At the moment. Um, from what I've seen, I agree. Well, there's the whole thing with Neo is according to the internal documents, kind of forward like Neo ports and Neo stuff needs to be ready for late October. So who knows when the shipments of Neo will actually be coming out yeah. if it's coming out at all. When's VR? When is the PSVR launching? September. Oh, I thought it was October. Yeah, Let me check. that may be like. Well, I still Sam think it's too close. Quickly checks out. There's one point I want to make about this is. All of these rumours mention a lot of numbers. And I I like to think that I'm fairly up to date because I like to upgrade my PC quite frequently. But how many people truly understand the numbers they're looking at? Oh, none of them. Yeah, they're just trying to go. They could be saying doing 16NM, 12 teraflops of hardcore data. Do you understand what that it's, means? Yes, fucking just been blinded mate. with... It's been blinded with science. It sounds, ooh, they've got more bandwidth on their memory. It says Terra. Oh, no I know that's more than a giga, it's, so that must be good. It's like From back in I the day d- with uh, the um, Mega Drive and the Nintendo Entertainment System, when it's like, we have 16 bits. Whoa! We have blast processing, which is a term we <laughs> just made up and doesn't mean anything. Um from what I gather... It is October, it is, by the way, the VR. Okay, well then it's definite. They could not, like... You're sending VR to die if you launch the Neo at the same time. Pretty much. Um, I don't think they're um, going to turn around at E3 and go, and the Neo is available right now! Look under your chairs. Look under your chairs. You have all I, copies of the Neo. Everyone has a golden ticket for their free Neo when we walk out the door. Dang it. Sony's silence basically kind of confirms this is a thing. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, now, if it's not, if it's this year, they're killing PSVR. If it's not this year, like if they don't announce this at E3, mm. it's not this year. And then, no. how? I mean, nobody's going to wait four. and launch it around about the same time that the next Nintendo console. Well, the next Nintendo consoles this year, yeah. I guarantee that's not even up. For yeah, I think people are waiting for Nintendo to pull the trigger as well. Mm. Yeah, now, I'm willing would, to say there's a lot that. of hopes on them yeah. right now. And if the next one, next Nintendo console, is also panned, I don't really think that. I think they're going to get out of the console business. No, they never no. will. They've got enough money to last 150 years making massive losses. They're never going to come out of it. Uh, I think they'll. Do okay with this. Hmm. I think they'll carve out a, an Xbox One sized. No which, one wants. Maybe less. Well, apart from console fanboys, no one wants someone like Nintendo to fail. No. no. Um, well, uh, this is the thing. I give Nintendo a lot of shit 
because I'm angry because I want them to be good. Yeah, exactly. Stop being shit. It's like my Wii U. And the reason I give Microsoft a hell of a lot of shit because their shit affects me the most. Yeah. Every time they cock up, I actually feel it. You actually (laughs) feel it in your wallet. Yeah, he's got haptic feedback through his Xbox controller. It electrocutes. Assholes. It's like the Tony Stark arc react. Yeah. the middle, of, the middle of shrapnel goes a little bit close every time Microsoft messes up. Yeah. Thankfully, they've been, since the initial Uber Since Conco, Don Matrick left. Since, oh my god. <laughs> That's the name I forgot. Don oh. Matrick. There's a great video by Crow B. Cat, which is just about the, uh, about the connect and just Don Matrick trying to push it. It's fantastic. You have yeah. to watch it. Uh, what was, who was the guy around about the same time who left Sony who dropped the mic? When they announced that was Jack a major Nelson. Oh, yeah. no, it was Jack, it was Jack Trent. Wasn't yeah, Jack Trent. Jack Trent. Yeah. Uh, I miss that guy. Yeah, Trent oh, was a Hello, guy. I'm Uncle Business here to tell you about this next exciting year for the Sony community. Yeah, he was great. I miss Jack. Because <laughs> um, this is a problem. Sony have a lot of suits. Yeah, it's true. Like they have, including that guy who looks weirdly like Littlefinger. Who's the? Who's in the house? Andrew, Andrew House. house. <laughs> Andrew House is amazing. I love Andrew House. I like Andrew House. Oh, I like think he's a charisma vacuum. I think he's the second worst thing to happen at E3 since Mr. Caffeine. Is it Sean? What's his name? Is he Adam Bowles? Adam Bowles and Sean Layden, I think. Who's the kind of big, big guy? Oily sales. What the Sony one? Yeah. Yeah. Adam Boys. Adam Boys. Yeah. He's oh. he is just the he's least likable. He's just there for the indie. Yeah. yeah. It's like with Andrew House, I know he's like, I'm just here to sell you a product, then I'm going to leave. And I'm like, okay, I can deal with this. See, you're not trying to be my friend, you're being, you're being selling a me a piece of tech, and then you're going to go. Yeah. And then possibly cause the War of the Five Kings. I like yeah. Major Nelson, but he is a used car salesman. <laughs> like, Chester. Yeah. He's trying to sell me like a fucking Ford Cortina. He is like Lionel Hutz. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's lovable because he's a bit Lionel Hutz. But yeah, he's a bit... And then Lionel Hutz Phil Spencer is really good because Phil Spencer, everybody, like, he doesn't do the wants to be your friend thing. Like, he just... He just, just seems a nice bloke. He doesn't come off as an asshole. And like, everybody's always giving people who like Phil Spencer shit saying, oh, he's just a suit. He doesn't... He's not your friend. I'm like, I know he's not my fucking friend. He wants to make Microsoft lots of money. But he seems smart enough to know that the best way to do that is not to piss in everyone's faces. Yeah. yeah. The best is to be at least fairly amiable that yeah. you don't want to, you know, pull your ears out whenever they come on stage. Yeah, and then Nintendo, of course, have Reggie. Gotta love Reggie. Yeah. Yep. And Bill as well. You Reggie and Bill are great. It might be best to leave all this E3 talk for another time. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. we, we have run quite far over. We, we can close out the Neo stuff yeah. with saying... I get you know, that weird thing where I'm going to say it's a bad idea, and if you do it, I'll buy one. So yeah. <laughs> I I won't probably buy one unless no, something special that's, comes along. That's with the it. thing. I'm like in that a, unique a place hug. where I don't have a PS4 and I want one, so I'm coming in, and it makes sense for me to buy the better one if they come out with one. But every PS4 owner, like most of you, are just going to be. Just sit on it, just wait, you know. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Unless there is a trading deal, or unless the leap forward is incredibly noticeable, I hope I'm they, not going to buy they one. Fix the fans, I want it to run a little. Yeah, yeah, the fans yeah, are. Definitely. 
See, that's the thing I love about the Xbox One is it's like the noisiest bit of it is the like the fucking the disk drive if you ever use it, and that's only when it's loading up your authentication thing. Yeah, it's silent apart from that. It's great. Mm. I should pour it against the wall on a small ledge, and I'm afraid that the fans will one day blow it away. (laughs) (laughs) Just take flight and go out the window. I'm sorry, Will. My planet needs me. I'm out of (laughs) here. I must go. A small child needs my help. I'm, I'm. By the end of the year, rain or shine, Neo or not, I'll have a PS4. No Man's Sky, Ratchet and Clank. I'd say Horizons, but that's not coming out this year. No, that's been delayed. Yeah. Oh, has that been officially delayed? It's, yeah, 2017. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, l- nobody's surprised. No, that that was going to happen that anyway. That was the least surprising delay. Everybody already just assumed that was delayed. Yeah. Um, here's the other. I'm 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 reaffirming it. I think I said it last podcast. The Last Guardian will not make this year. No, it won't. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll talk about forgetting out, it exists. Nobody will care. Yeah. No, I think the internet forgot it existed once it was confirmed again. They spent years going, yeah. we want it, we want it, we want it. Okay, you're going to have it. Uh, I think what? the internet Sorry, wanted its reintroduction more than they wanted it. Yeah, it's like the Final Fantasy uh, VII remake. People were amazed when it came out, and they only proceed to moan about every single part of the remake. So I, you can't win. Yeah, I, I can't wait think till gonna be great. Beyond Good and, and Evil can... 2 gets crucified. Oh, yeah. I'm playing through Beyond Good and Evil at the moment, because I missed that. That is the one of those titles that I just... It I'm, was a very good game. It it's good. great, except for, I play Inverted, right? Come at me. And it's inverted camera controls. It has The only option is to invert everything. So left is right, right is left. And I'm having to play it not inverted because I turn left and right more than I look up and down and it's just messing me up too much. I can't play it like that. It's just one of those little minor things that's really impacting my enjoyment of a game I'm loving apart from that. It's given me that kind of Ratchet and Clank vibe. That sort of, you know, adventure in different areas, different mini-game type stuff. It's filled in that gap. Yeah, it's really cool. I'm really enjoying it. Um, and I'm really, really, like, I'm getting that hype for a sequel now. That have you, fin- you haven't finished it yet, have you? No, I'm... Oh, I'm you just, wait. Sit, sit through the credits. Been, uh, kidnapped. Sit, sit through those credits. And oh, feel yeah. Feel the gash I've had oh. in my chest for, I think, almost a decade. I'm ready. And, like, Ubisoft renewed the trademark this year. There's all sorts of... If, if the rumour that it's an NX exclusive is true, then... Yeah. <laughs> I I don't think that's true. But it's the whole thing that Ubisoft have announced it and then denied they've announced it about four separate times. Yeah. Well, Ansel basically said about a thousand times that he was making it yeah. and then he went off to make his own stupid company. Right, okay. on that note, Stop lads, bringing up cause... new topics. Yes. <laughs> on that note, we've we've had fun here. We've talked about quite a lot of stuff. At some point in the future, we will have an an dedicated E3 Let's Predict Stuff podcast, and of course, the big Let's Talk About What Happened at E3 podcast. But that's going to be a while off for now. The big scoreboard oh. of all the predictions and how yeah. we stacked up. Uh, we will have a bingo. We will have Ian's bingo cards. Bingo. E, Ian's E3 bingo. Yeah. Which countries am I going to declare that? I was <laughs> yeah. safe. I was right. Yeah. Well, you, well, not. Let's see. Like you may have the, to nip. Maybe. You may have to nibble on Bruges. You may have to give <laughs> a chomp on Bruges. The only we'll way that happens. thing plays 4K games is if it costs like a thousand dollars. 
It comes with a small generator and like yeah. a small server farm to run it on. If it comes with a cold fusion reactor attached to it, it might play 4K games. <laughs> oh, lovely. Right, so we're going to be ending off the podcast here, but of course, you can get a hold of us. You can leave us some questions for next time if you want to in the comments section of the website or even just tweet us with some questions yourselves. Our Twitter handles will be on the website if you are listening to a podcast there. But in case you're not, lads, let the people at home know your Twitter handles. Okay, right, so I'm at Ian Van Cheese, or one word. I'm at Captain underscore Trilby. And I am at Will underscore Art underscore Thou. And I am at capital T for V, capital Exploder, being at the Exploder. Um, and it's as simple as that. So, thank you very much for tuning in to the VGU podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. You're, you're right, Belgium. For now. Okay. <laughs> you're safe for now. Are you? If you just got an uh, evil face of Ian creeping up on Belgium, just going, Waffle? <laughs> <laughs> and that will be the outtake at the end of this podcast <laughs> lovely times